sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Here we are in your presence. Here we are before your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word and your timely word for your people will come forth. Holy Spirit, come for the brokenhearted. Heal the, deliver the captives. Heal those that are blind. Let this be the acceptable year of the Lord, O oh God. Let people have an encounter with you. And let them be conformed to the image of your Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you are at work in me, both to will and to do. Thank you that because you are with me, God's will will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Daughter, well, we've come to the end of Daughter, I Can Make It, and I'm singularly happy about that because it's been a marathon, Amen. And um, this morning I'm going to be brief And I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to you Bishop Saki has not told me how much time I have But every time I preach in the Kodesh In fact, I'm very nervous and in a hurry to finish Because of the powers that be that sit in the front row It's not easy (laughs) But the Lord will help me, amen This morning I'm preaching from the book daughter, you can make it. Amen. And I want to acknowledge and honor my husband, the bishop, under whose covering I stand this morning. Please appreciate him. I thank him for helping make daughter, you can make it what it has become. He's the one who gave us the vision to have a project as women supported by the sons, have a vision for the women's movement in the church. And that vision was to build a primary school to complement the nursery school. And I'm glad to say it by God's grace that the project is virtually finished. Amen. And I got a call not too long ago. I was looking for land for a senior secondary school. And um, when I told my husband the price, he said, Oh, you don't have money, so you build the orphanage. The senior high school, God will take care of it. But a couple of days ago, I got a call that a chief wants to give me free land. To build a senior high school. 
His only condition is that we give his people scholarships to attend the school. And that one is no big deal. Amen. This morning I'm speaking from the Daughter I Can Make It book. The title is Daughter You Made It. <laughs> Amen. Daughter You Made It. Please turn with me to Genesis chapter 24. Daughter, the son says they've made it. But they are. <laughs> but thank God for the humility of daughters because it's the humble that God exalts. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 24. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age. The Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I'll make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I live, but you shall go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Suppose the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware, lest you take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this my oath. Only do not take my son back there. Amen. Now, this is a very popular story that we all know about. We were told the story in Sunday school, and it relates to the lady, Rebecca. Now, the Bible is saying that when Abraham was dying, he had given birth to Isaac. Sarah was dead. He was thinking about Isaac's future, and he called the servant and made him swear that he wouldn't take a wife from around them. But he would journey to the land that he had left and bring a wife from there. I want to say that a daughter who has made it does not live under convenience only, but looks for the will of God and looks to walk in the things of God and looks to obey God. Because it would have been easy to just pick one of the beautiful and voluptuous ladies from the tribe around them. And even they were more sensual than the people from afar. But he had his servant travel all the way back. Why? In order that he will not, Isaac will not be unequally yoked. Beloved, serving God is not a convenient venture. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to take a journey. You have to make an effort. You have to expend energy. It has to cost you something. I'm sorry to say that the fear of God is leaving the church of God. There's no reverence, there's no decorum, there's no honor for the things of God. We come to church and it feels like any other hall. We don't think that we are coming into the presence of God. But the Bible says all things are naked unto him with whom we have to do. Hallelujah. And it will take something uncomfortable, moving out of your comfort zone to obey God. If you want to go all out for God... God will move you many times out of your comfort zone. Hallelujah. 
When the church started, I was very happy because it was sizable and I knew everybody. But as the church increased, I didn't know everybody. And at a point, I wanted to pray that the growth will slow down a bit so that I'll get to know everybody. And then, Reverend Steve, Pastor Ishmael, they were all around and the church was a very happy place. But suddenly, they were called to go and start branches. I tell you, I wept literally. Not, this one is not literature, imagery. Or I wept real tears. And I said, what's the use of getting used to people and loving people if they will be sent away? But God was moving me out of my comfort zone. What I'm comfortable with. And God was seen in his womb and the bishop's womb, Achimota branch, Adenta branch, South Africa. God was seeing all these branches. But I was seeing my little world and my little emotional stew. Amen. If you will walk with God at every stage, he will move you out of what you are comfortable with. Hallelujah. And I want to ask you, are you willing to pay the price? Even your small sleep, you are not willing to give it up in order to move on with God. Your, your, your pleasures, you are not willing to give them up in order to obey God. But with Abraham, he was dying. He could have left Isaac, oh, just do what you want to do. But he wanted to fulfill God's law. He wanted to do what God had said. And it meant traveling afar. And the servant said, if I go and it doesn't work, should I rather bring Isaac? You see, convenience, things that are easy. Should I not rather transport Isaac to the land? And Abraham said, that will be unraveling all that God has done. Amen. But some of us, in our bid to marry, we have returned to Egypt, where God called us from. Hallelujah. We say that if he's not willing, if things are not working, then I myself will uproot myself and go to the world. If the world will not come to me, I will go to the world. If the man will not come to me, I will go to him where he is. Whether he's in a pigsty, whether he is where God's favor is not, I will go there. But Abraham said, if you don't get a wife for him, it's better that he lives without a wife than that he should disobey God. Ladies, it's better that you live without a husband than to walk out of the will of God. It's better that you live without a man than to give your body as a fornicating center. Hallelujah. It's better that you cry and suffer and feel lonely to obey God because it's always going to cost you something. Say hallelujah, somebody. Genesis 24, 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. When we think that when you are fair to look upon, it means that you will not be a virgin. When you are fair to look upon, it means that you will be very disrespectful and rude because you are fair to look upon. When you are fair to look upon, you can behave anyhow. But this was a woman who was fair to look upon and yet she was a virgin. She had kept herself from the world and for the, from the pleasures of this world. Hallelujah. As Bishop was preaching two Tuesdays ago, how many of us, when they say they are doing an altar call for virgins, how many of us will qualify? And even when we are disqualified, Jesus qualifies us again. The world calls it secondary virginity. But when you come into the Lord, 
Can we also say that in spite of the fact that you have fair to look upon, you have kept your vow with the Lord. Neither had any man known her. Ladies, don't let the men deceive you. They give you wraps. If you love me, then do this. If you love me, then give them a bar of chocolate. Hallelujah. But don't give them your body. No man had known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came. Sometimes when you are fair to look upon, you are not dutiful and productive. Beauty without brains is called. Amen. And it is said that most of the time the two don't go together. Those who have a lot of brains don't have beauty. And those who have beauty don't have a lot of brains. But here we have seen that you can be a productive woman and still be fair to look upon. Hallelujah. She was filling the pitcher. She was bringing water. She was coming up, going down. She was doing something productive before Isaac found her. But many of us, we feel that, oh, I'm looking for a man who has reached a certain stage in life. So that when I just enter, I settle. Amen. And some of us, we say, oh, I'm looking for a husband. So we have stopped everything. We are looking for something. And everything is hinging on that. And we are not allowing God's giftings and God's things that he has put in us to be productive to come forth. You are also supposed to bring something to the table. Amen. Not that, oh, you be productive. As for me, I'm unproductive. And we are unproductive even in the things of God. We just sit and we warm the pew. We don't talk to anybody about Jesus. Like Bishop was saying, we just say, oh, come to church. Come to church. At least that's a quarter of the work. But let us learn how to witness Let the church go back and learn how to lead people to Christ. You need just three basic verses. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Romans 10.9 and 10, if thou shalt confess, just the three. You know, to set off and you will be okay. Amen. Daughter, you made it. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And she said... Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. You see, when the servant got there at the well, he prayed and said, God, I don't know what to do, but help me. If the lady who comes and offers me water and offers to my animals even, or I think he said just to him, that lady is the one that you have chosen. At that time, the Holy Ghost did not reside in everybody. So they used such fleeces. To know God's will. Hallelujah. So when Eliza prayed that prayer, then came this fair damsel who was fair to look upon. And when she came, she didn't know what Eliza was there for. Ladies, when no one is looking, who really are you? When there's no boss to please or people to sing your prayer, who really are you? When the door is closed and the lights are off, who are you? Many of us, what we are, if it came out, it will not be good. And it is in our our unguarded moments that God chooses to do what he would do. Like I was saying, the the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, beholding the good and the bad. But we think it's the eyes of our, our daddy, the eyes of our pastor, the eyes of your boss. That's what makes you do good. But the eyes of the one who really matters are everywhere. So as Rebecca was going about, she was being very natural. 
not knowing that she was being watched. But some of us, we know that we are being watched and we, we behave as if we are being very natural. I know that thing, ladies. We can pretend. Hey! As if we have not seen the brothers and we are just doing and Hey, hey, are you going for the wages of sin? Is that, you know, last week when I was, and the brother was saying, oh, they were not looking at me at all. As they were passing, they were just preaching the word. But we know that we are good actresses. And we know that we have the ability to wear disguises. I always pray for the men that the Lord will give them the spirit of discernment. Because it's not easy. Amen. And she said, drink my Lord. In those days, servants wore servants garments. And yet this woman was addressing a servant. She didn't know from anywhere. She had not had an encounter with, was not likely to be able to promote her or give her anything material. But then because she had a spirit of humility in her, she said, drink my Lord. Can you call a servant your Lord? Some of us, we pick and choose those we should respect. And we pick and choose those we should honor. And if you cannot help me up my ladder, then you are nothing and you are nobody. You know, once somebody was talking to me and was very rude. The person came up when the pastors were the ISI or something. And I said, oh, please, what are you here for? Eh, I'm from this state. I'm bringing this to the bishop, whatever. And I said, oh, he's not available now. I mean, how can you just talk? To- oh, very rude. So after that, he, he, he said he would wait outside. So after entertaining the pastors and all that, I came down the stairs to go to my car. I said, oh, my bishop. Oh, I didn't know it was you. Oh, so I said, you don't have to know it's me. You just have to be polite to everybody. I called another sister's shop in this church, and a church member took the phone. Eh, without namo, I said, "You are spoiling your madam's business." Oh, I said, "Lady Pastor Adelaide, hey. <laughs> Lady Pastor Adelaide, Lady Pastor Adelaide, what? Oh, Lady Pastor, I didn't know it was you. You don't have to know it's me." You just have to be nice to everybody. You just have to have a humble spirit. You just have to be a godly woman. You just have to be a vessel of honor. Amen. The pausing is too much. Hallelujah. Drink, my Lord. And she hasted. She hasted a servant. And you haste. Most of us, even when our husbands send us, they wonder what we are doing. No, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I have to hear the birds a little. I have to look around at the sun. I have to, I mean, generally taking my ambience before I settle down. But my husband, as soon as he gets up, he's up. He'll make hot water. He'll make tea. So he used to tell me, Mabi, let's have some tea. I said, okay, I'm coming. Then I'll be sitting in my little chair, looking around a bit. I'm coming means like five minutes, ten minutes before when I'm warm. Then I'll get up, okay, let me... So, so what are you waiting for? So I'm warming up to the idea you've given me. But this woman was not like that. Amen. She hasted. She hasted to minister to a servant. Some of you ladies, you are not married because God knows you are not ready. 
and that if you marry today, you will divorce today. Hallelujah. Because when your husband tells you, I'm hungry, say, eh, be there. Once I went to a lady's house and she told you, oh, my husband has traveled, he's arriving tonight. I said, wow. So what are you making? Because she took me to her back room. She said, oh, making. I said, oh, he's traveled outside the country, he's coming. So what are the dishes you are preparing? Oh, this is a mommy, I'm making tea. Ooh. Live. I said, tea. He said, every time he travels, I give him tea. He doesn't complain. I said, sister, phlegmatics are like that. They'll be suffering inside, but they won't tell you. All the way, so many hours of journey, he arrives, you give him tea. So immediately, you know, that I had cry. So what are your suggestions? So I said, so why don't you make jollof? Because how she told me her husband was coming and she was free. It had to be only tea that she would be making. So I said, why don't you make jollof? Will he eat it? Every time I give him the tea, he doesn't complain. Oh, I don't want to change things in this house. I said, sister, the man comes hungry. So the next day she called me. Oh, mommy, bless you. Bless you. How he ate. How he ate the food, mommy. So when I see her in church, I say, how is the tea? She says, it's a thing of the past. She hasted. Even though he was a servant, she hasted. You see, that servant could be Jesus. The Bible says some have entertained angels unawares. God brings a blessing when you don't know who the person is. When the three angels arrived at Sarah's gate, she didn't know who they were. But they were bringing the promise that God was going to make her a princess. Sisters, stop posing. Stop looking for man's pleasure. Stop looking for man's compliments. Concentrate on him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Daughter, be hospitable. And she said, moreover, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. Hallelujah. She invited the servant home. All this, she didn't know that this was her prospective husband's messenger. She was just flowing naturally. So, oh, come home. We have enough straw. We have enough provender. But most of us, when people say they are coming home, it's like, what type of problem is coming? I have been to places where I have been starved. I mean, I'm coming for a convention and I am starved. There are times when I have risen up myself to cook in people's homes. You know? There are times when I've said to the girl in the house, come, do you have tea bag there? Yes, madam. Do you have milk? Yes, bring a tray. And then we have arranged it. I have been with some of my people, and when I was with them in the house, their mouths were shaking like this, hunger. When I bought KFC chicken for them, they beat their tongue. I'm telling you, grown-up women, it's not a myth. Amen. Male pastors have told me, nowadays when I'm traveling, I just buy biscuits because I don't want problems. Because when I go morning breakfast, I say it's coming. They say, I say, okay, maybe they think I'm fasting. Nothing. Lunch, nothing. We go for the convention and come, nothing. After convention, nothing. The pastor told me, so, so now I've become like bishop. I pack biscuits, sweet and savory, so that I will be saved. But this woman said, come in. We have straw. We have food enough even for your animals. Come in. Come in. A woman is supposed to be inviting, not sensually and sexually. But you make the church a better place when you are like that. When you care for strangers, 
You care for people you do not see. All these are spiritual things that God uses to bless you unawares. Hallelujah. And when the servant got home, then he said his mission. I've come to look for a wife and surprisingly, it was the right home that he had walked into. They were actually related. In those days, they used to marry from within the family. Amen. Little did Rebecca know. So when they had said all the things, they asked her, will you go? Daughter, you made it. Will you go? If you want to make it, you must decide. And they called Rebecca and said unto her, will thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. In spite of the fact that she hadn't seen Isaac, she was a woman of faith. Hallelujah. And even though her people had given their consent, the one who really mattered was Rebecca. And she had to decide. So even if the pastor says, oh, you and this person, you will make a good match. At the end of the day, the two of you have to decide that we want to marry. Because a pastor who is making that uh, suggestion has gone to his house to sleep in peace. And if there's any battle in your house, it's the two of you battling it out. Amen. I am not a good matchmaker, but Bishop Saki and Pastor Ishmael, they are very, very, very good matchmakers. Amen. But even they, they grow weary in their duty sometimes. <laughs> They've tried to resign many times. Will thou go? So it depends also on your will and what you want. God never comes into our lives without our consent. Even though he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Even Jesus has the curtsy to stand behind our hearts and knock. And gives us the option whether to open the door or not. You will continually have choices and decisions in your life. You will continually have to make choices and decisions every blessed day. That is why you need the basis of God's word. So that you can decide in the right light. Daughter, make a decision if you are to make it. And the sisters who are overstretching the brothers, say yes. Amen. Sister, say yes. Hallelujah. They asked Rebecca, would thou go? She said, I will go. Hey, very definite, sure, you know, sure about herself. You also have to be sure about your decisions. Because with something like marriage, when you decide, that's it. Please, I need a cue for the time. Otherwise, I'll just go on. And I'm ending. And Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebecca and she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. But when Rebecca was coming with the servant on the camel, the Bible says, therefore she took a veil and covered herself. She asked the servant, hey, who is that man walking over there? The servant said, that's my master, the one you are going to marry. And she took a veil and covered herself. Every woman needs a bit of modesty. Every woman needs a bit of grace. Hallelujah. Even if you like him, don't chase him, I beg you. And if you like him, don't overreact. Hey, Isaac, oh, why? Relax. Hallelujah. Even when you are thrilled to see Isaac. So, oh, Isaac, I'm very happy to see you. 
but you haven't seen him before. As soon as the master said that, the, the servant said, that's my master. You've gotten off from the camel. You've taken all your veil off. Isaac, Odende. Why? Every woman needs a little grace that sets you apart from a man. Hallelujah. So those of us who are very masculine and rambo, may the Lord do a work on us. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when Isaac took her into his tent, he was comforted. Are you a comfort in your home? Or are you somebody who drives your husband away? Are you a comfort in your home? Or when your husband is driving home, his heart is pounding. It's like, yeah, what is going to meet me? What is the next criticism? How will it be? Proverbs 14 verse 1. Homes are made by the wisdom of women and destroyed by their foolishness. Beloved, it it behoves the woman to make the home what it has to be. Hallelujah. Abigail was married to a beastly man, but she was able to also provide and have a flow with the servants and all that. So it's not the negatives, but it's how you work on the positives that can overcome the negatives. Hallelujah. When I look at the children of Israel, I was reading about all their trials and I was saying that, but God, it's true. They, they went out of, they couldn't get food. It's true they were thirsty. It's true they met the Red Sea. So why are you saying that they didn't have faith and they, but they had these trials? It's true. And I think what came to me from the Holy Spirit was that every time I saw them through, Every time I gave them a miracle. So their concentration should have been on my faithfulness. Not on what they went through. But on how I brought them through. Hallelujah. That is how life is. It doesn't, it doesn't promise to be perfect. But even in the imperfections, there's a God who remains the same. There's a God who remains faithful. And you know, like the song says, count your many blessings. See what God has done. Yesterday at the breakfast meeting, question and answer time, somebody wrote, because I had said that my husband lays the bed in our home, in our bedroom. And the person wrote, my husband lay the bed, forget about it. All that he does is to clean the kitchen, the bedroom, the, the living room, mop the floor, and that's all that he does. Forget about laying the bed. Hey, somebody was sitting by me and said, even he does all this, some don't do at all. You see, so because I am sharing a testimony that Bishop lays the bed, but that's all the person does. And you, you have cleaning bedroom, mopping the floor, cooking, doing this, and you want the bedroom as well. So you have forgotten your blessings and you are concentrating on what. In fact, there was so much outrage in the place. The ladies were just shouting, bring him to us. We like him. Bring him. (laughs) And that's because we concentrate on what is negative. And not what is, what is positive. Daughter, you make it with humility. You make it with the fear of God. You make it by being real. You make it by being godly when no one is looking. The Bible says about the early Christians in Acts 9.31. That and the church had rest all about her. Because they walked in the fear of God. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, the fear of God brings rest and peace in the church. And causes the church to flourish. 
But if every time instead of preaching the word, we have to call you, the dress you wore is low. Your, 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 your dress is see-through. You don't have to dress like that. Look, do the right godly things so that we'll concentrate our energies on other things. Amen, ladies. Be modest. She covered herself with a veil. Cover yourself. We don't need to see all the worldly goods. And they have to go under the clothes. Hallelujah. And that is when we will respect you. But when we see you and then everything about you is saying, Isaac, oh, we don't respect you. It's time to take a veil and cover yourself. And only uncover yourself in the bedroom. And in the bedroom of your husband, not that boy. Hallelujah. And I believe that if we walk in the fear of God, we will really be the women that God wants us to be. And then we can say that, daughter, you made it. God bless you. Please stand to your feet. I want us to bow our heads. We want to pray. We want to say, Lord, we just don't want to become churchgoers. We want Jesus to live in us. We want Christ to be seen in us. We want our lives to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to be godly people, Lord. We want to walk in the fear of God and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Please open your mouth and speak to God. Oh, Kabara Mushanda. I surrender Oh, I surrender hearts that want to walk in obedience towards you and give us the grace that it takes Lord to be vessels that you can use to be vessels that you can mold oh God forgive us our sins and make us new all over again you are here this morning you don't know Jesus as your personal savior you want to say pastor pray for me I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die I want to be sure, Pastor. I want to make it right with Jesus. I want to start all over again. You are here like that this morning. I just want you to put up your hands wherever you are. Forget about who is standing on your left or your right. Mean business with God this morning. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Please lift up your hands wherever you are. And I'll pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, I want to start all over with God. I want to go to heaven when I die. You are here like that. Please lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. If you've lifted up your hands, I'll ask you to do one more thing. Please come forward. Let me stand with you in prayer. Let me lead you to Jesus. If you've lifted your hands up in prayer to give your life to Christ, please come forward so that I can pray with you and I can lead you to Jesus who will change your life. You will never be the same. Come to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Sister, I want you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Lord, just face me. This morning, I come to you just as I am. 
take my life and make it your own. Forgive me for my sins and thank you for cleansing me by your blood. Thank you for Jesus who died for me and rose from the dead so that I might live. Satan, I break every link with you. Christ has set me free and I'm free indeed. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.